Welcome to the Community Conversation, brought to you by Prototype Training Systems, home of CrossFit Prototype. The Community Conversation highlights a different member of the Prototype community each week and allows them to tell their story, share their life experience, and communicate their perspective on all things fitness. We've all listened to podcasts and watched YouTube videos that highlight some of the world's greatest leaders and visionaries that share their knowledge and expertise in some capacity. Community Conversation allows you to get to know some of the amazing people at Prototype. After all, we all have our own unique stories and purpose to why we are pursuing a better version of ourselves. So turn up the volume and listen up. Your new episode starts right now. All right, everyone, welcome to this week's Community Conversation brought to you by Prototype Training Systems. My name is Mike Collette, and on this week's episode, we have former Prototype of the Month, Michael Cuthbert. This community conversation is pretty awesome. Michael is a former Division One track athlete at UMass. He lives right down the street in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. And in today's episode, Michael shares some really great wisdom, even from a 24-year-old, on how to approach workouts, mindset, and just overall how to balance intensity with working on form and technique. So a lot of awesome pieces of wisdom from today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy this. I certainly enjoyed the conversation. We did have a minor malfunction uh, about 90% in where Zoom did shut off. So there might be a little blurb uh, or bleep out um, once we get to the two truths and the lie, but I appreciate you checking this out. Your episode starts right now. All right, everyone. I'm excited for today's community conversation. We got Michael Cuthbert on the show today. Uh, really cool because Michael is not only one of our newer members here in our prototype community, but he's also a former prototype of the month already, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, Michael's a, a former a track athlete at UMass, 24 years old, one of the young studs here at Prototype, regular at the uh, 7 a.m. He's going to be setting some new PRs and records we're all going to be chasing real soon. But uh, Michael, I'm super happy to have you on the community conversation today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be yes. Here. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. What was that? No, I was glad to be here. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Super pumped to have you. Um, I, to be honest with you and everyone on the show, I don't, I think you and I may have said hi, maybe a dozen times at the gym, but haven't had a real like conversation to get to know you. So I'm super excited about this just to get to know you a little bit more, but I guess we'll kind of start it there. Why don't you just kind of give us your story? Like, you know, kind of take us through like your fitness journey. I know you're a former athlete, like, you know, from the, you know, your journey since you were in maybe high school, college to how you found prototype, all that fun stuff. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, sure. So I've always been pretty, pretty active guy. I did soccer when I was younger and it was probably around high school when I started to take things more seriously. I realized maybe soccer wasn't the best thing for me because I was always fast, but I wasn't super skilled at soccer, to be honest, but that's when I started joining the high school track team and I started doing summer lifting and I just took it seriously and realized something I was good at. And I think it was around junior year, my coach started asking if I was interested in college track, which I honestly didn't even consider, but throughout the years, I figured I'd give it a shot and then I was probably one of the best decisions of my life, to be honest, just because going to UMass, it not only allowed me to pursue track more, but it actually got me into the job that I'm currently in too. So super useful there. But yeah, so go, I did college track for four years. I was a sprinter. 
I ran the 100 and 200 and 400, which is my least favorite event. But yeah, we trained two times a day. So it was a very rigorous schedule throughout all college. And I think the biggest thing I realized coming out was I missed the sort of cyclical workouts and the structure that I had in college. And I went a good year, year and a half after college where I kind of bounced around finding different things I liked. I liked rock climbing. So I did that for a bit, calisthenics and just general ways to stay fit. But I didn't work out consistently until I found prototype. And ever since I started, I originally was like, oh, maybe I'll do three days a week and just try to keep consistent. But it only took a couple weeks and I was already going five. Sometime now I do Sundays too. So it's just with all the classes and everything being pre-made, it just allows me to show up, do the workout and know that I'm progressing in the right direction as long as I'm putting in the work. It's awesome. The, um, not many people are like division because UMass is like division one, division one, double A, it's division one. Yeah. At the end yeah, of the day. And, and so you're competing with the best of the best, right. In track and field. And it's, and it's kind of crazy because you said you didn't really get into it or take it seriously till junior year of high school. So like, yeah. what was that progression like from high school to like college division one athletics? Like what was that schedule and routine? Like, is that, cause I've, I'm, you know, I wasn't division one athlete. I can only, I've got friends that division one athletes and like, it's basically that your life is that. And when you can basically do school. So talk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So in high school, I don't think I ever had a ring of sweat that went below here. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since hitting college, everything changed in high school. The biggest thing I noticed was I could run maybe four events in a track meet so I could just stack on a bunch of events and then just do it again but once I hit college I pretty much did two at most and it was Mm -hmm. just because everything just became more intense Mm -hmm. and I think it all had to do with the training going into college I before I trained on my own schedule our high school wasn't serious like Mm -hmm. I was the only only one on the track team who was really looking to go towards D1. And where'd you go to high school, by the way? Sorry, where'd you go to high school? That's it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was looking to just train on my own and then going to college. It was honestly ridiculous training with the people there just Mm -hmm. because I was known as the GOAT, which is, I think, a little ridiculous in high school. (laughs) Uh I was the best of years. But going to college, it was a bit of a wake-up call just mm-hmm. because I realized I wasn't the best anymore. Mm-hmm. And two workouts a day, <laughs> a lot harder than one workout a day. It's just, it makes kind of your life track just because every time you're not working out, you're actively recovering, making sure you're eating food, sleeping enough. And then if you don't, you're going to feel it carry over the next day mm-hmm. and then more, more tired. Mm-hmm. And it was, it became a lifestyle more than just something to do after school. Totally. I think summarizes it all together a bit. You seem like a pretty humble guy. It's funny. Like you were called the goat in high school. Then it sounds like when you got to college, it was like, 
holy crap, like, like you just said, you weren't the best anymore. What, was that like easy or hard for you to kind of get, get, get through? But like I said, you seem like a pretty humble guy. Was it a humbling thing or, or like, it's okay. You could be uh, as, as transparent on this as, as you want. It, it was good and bad. I think like, I, I like winning. I'm not going to lie. I, I do like to be humble, but I wouldn't have done track if I didn't like winning. And I'm just more, I'm competitive with myself. I just like to push myself to be the best that I can be. So I think it was more, I wasn't jealous or anything, but it made me realize that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And it made me feel like I need to work harder for myself. Mm -hmm. And the way the program worked actually was they designed it in a way where freshman, sophomore year, you spend a lot of the time building yourself up to really hit your peak around junior senior year mm-hmm. and I ran worse my freshman sophomore year than I ran in high school so that was the hardest thing for me by far and it was thinking that all the training I'm doing all the time and I'm getting worse mm-hmm. just made me feel like something was wrong mm-hmm. and especially if you see other teammates who happen to be doing better than they were then that was definitely the big it changed junior senior did end up doing well, but that was definitely hard. So what, so you said the kind of like that you went, you went down, was it because like you were competing in events that you weren't as strong in, or was it because they were working on kind of refining the basics and like the fundamentals or like what, what, like what would you attribute that to? Is it just like kind of overworked or just kind of getting used to schedule? Like what was it, that? It was a little, it was a little bit of everything. I think going into college, I definitely wasn't used to the kind of load that they were doing in terms of weights. We were lifting a lot heavier, more frequently, mm-hmm. and just a lot more drills. So I wasn't used to keeping up, whereas some of the other guys were. Mm-hmm. But also, I think I was 155 pounds in high school, still Got at it. 63. And by the time I left college, I was 185. So I think a big part of it was changing my running style. Mm-hmm. I really benefited off being light in high school. And I think transitioning to that heavier, kind of more power-based style of running was really what that big transition period was all about. And junior year, when I kind of started honing in on the techniques, I was a good weight and I kind of just put it all together. Totally. So, I mean, like going from college athletics, high school, especially division one, and then going into like CrossFit, there's a lot of like similarities in the sense of like, you know, high intensity workouts, but also like the Olympic lifts and that sort of thing. Those like power dynamic type movements. Have you found that to be an easy transition when getting into CrossFit or has it been challenging for you? Are you pushing yourself the same way? Like, are you seeing similarities or differences like from that? Because I know you said like, you like, uh, you missed the structure and cyclical workouts. Now you've kind of found that. And now you, you were going to start with three times. And you're like, oh, I'm working out almost six days a week. Like, what are the things that you're finding that you're kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but maybe it reminds you of, of college or that sort of training. Like, what are the things that kind of excite you now? Uh, I'd say the thing that excites me most is CrossFit gives me a lot of different things I can work on. So that that's honestly probably the hardest part about working out currently is just I feel like I'm always missing something like after class I like to work on something a little extra like my technique 
mm-hmm. and I have a list of things I need to work on in my head, but I can only tackle a couple things at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that CrossFit keep why CrossFit keeps me interested is just something new and then having the coaches whenever I have questions. So I always get new tips or new things to work on. So there's just always something new to try and see how it improves my, I'm a guy that likes to look at the numbers the most. I, I just like to see the numbers go up and up. <laughs> totally. But totally. I, I notice things like improved mobility and improved technique with my lifts. I did cleans and call power cleans a lot yep. in college just because there's a lot of carryover with power cleans and sprinting and any explosive uh, based sport. But I never did. I never did overhead. <laughs> no jerks. A couple, mm-hmm. but I wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. But there was a bit of carry over there, so it it definitely helped with that. But CrossFit mm-hmm. improved it a lot. I've noticed my uh, clean form way better. I used to only be able to power clean, so and I couldn't catch it in the low in a full squat, mm-hmm. which a lot better now. I couldn't do for four years so that that's a pretty good improvement how long and you've been coming to protein for how long now uh, i just got the email six month anniversary six months that's right and within six months i already the, already got protein the month which is pretty good you know i don't know if you know this but like you know with, with like kind of being prototype of the month um like it's like a it's a decision that like all the coaches make like at the end of every month, like we all kind of get together and we kind of like put those names out there. So it's pretty cool. Like within six months, like being kind of, cause we only do 12 a year, right. One person every yeah. single month. And a lot of that has to do with coachability. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I think um, just the things that you're saying kind of like resonate with me in terms of like, just from a coachability standpoint, like working on weaknesses, like investing in loss. It sounds like you did some of that in college. So you have that like experience, like since you've only been doing this for six months, but like you like are very coachable and there's things that you're working on, you're identifying those things and spending some extra time. What would be like your advice to someone that may be starting or wanting to start doing CrossFit or even people that are like existing members at the gym that may be struggling with certain things, like, like maybe talk through like kind of like your approach and your mindset around it. Okay. Um, yeah, I've actually, this has been a big focus of mine lately and it's honestly something I wish I knew when I did track, cause I think it could have made me better, but it's focusing on any weakness you have. So I'll explain it better, but if you're squatting and you notice a slight tweak, I think, 100% of your focus should be on balancing that out and making sure the squat feels good before you move up in weight at all, especially as you, I don't have much say in it, but I'd imagine as you get older, that'd be even more important, mm-hmm. but it's fixed. It's really fixing weaknesses, avoiding ego lifting mm-hmm. and building up your base essentially is a good way to sum it up. and. So what I do outside the gym, I think, is a lot of that. I do it after class, and it doesn't need to be a lot, but simple things like active stretching. I think uh, Tommy was helping me out a little bit, and that's not necessarily just deep stretching, but actively using muscles where you feel a weakness. So if you feel like you're not engaging your glute properly, doing a band movement or something where you can really feel that part of the body and work it 
and not only stretch it. I don't know if that's coming off correctly. Oh, no, you're no, you're making sense. Like act, activating those weaker muscle groups that kind of correct the imbalance. Basically, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saying. think in college, whenever I, like the clean, for example, where I could only cash it in a power clean, mm-hmm. I went for four years where I could only do power cleans, and mm-hmm. I think the primary reason for that was because I never actually focused on what was causing me to do that power clean. Mm-hmm. And it prevented me from building strength as quickly as I could have, because I'm not even properly engaging all the muscles. Mm-hmm. So another example is I have very tight hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So when I squat, I notice a lot of the emphasis goes towards my lower back instead mm-hmm. of the hamstrings. And lately, what I've been doing is really focusing with RDLs to properly tighten my hamstrings and glutes when I do those specific movements. And now I know it's which is pretty cool. Even in everyday life, when I go down to pick up things, mm-hmm. I engage my hamstrings a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I was squatting not as properly as I could have until I started doing these movements. I just mm-hmm. thought the way things felt were the way they were always supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that just the mind muscle connection is just, I think, really key if you want to improve, especially injury-free. Yeah, you're uh, you're wise beyond your years, Mike. I mean, <laughs> I mean, being only 24, and then, but also just the things you're saying, avoiding ego lifting, building a base. You know, if you're feeling things are off, like putting your focus into like dialing those things in, and like investing in the technical things because it'll transfer over and you'll be able to feel better. And it'll be basically you're in it for the longevity component. Um, So, which is hard, right? It's hard. Um, I would, I would probably, I mean, I would make an, I'm making an assumption here, but I feel like, you know, what you kind of probably taken away with your experience in college and like putting the time in and seeing like, okay, you've, I'm curious too your performance, like on the performance side, like junior, senior. So I'll ask you that in a second, but like kind of like, investing in that loss on uh, your freshman and sophomore year knowing that you're kind of working on things you're doing you weren't doing as well as you were doing in high school but you're putting on more weight you're getting stronger you're adapting your body's changing a little bit and then you know going out and kind of waiting and being patient there's an element of patience right um, and then performing junior senior T- talk a little about that though I'm curious about like your uh, on the performance side of things you said you did better on your junior and senior so, so talk us through that any yeah. memorable events? Oh yeah, uh, I definitely hit did what I wanted to in track, and I think junior year the best I hit in high school. I don't know if people would know numbers, but I hit a twenty-two flat in the two hundred in high school, which wow. like a point six PR, point six second PR, which was huge for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think junior senior year, I sorry freshman sophomore year. I never dipped below 22.5, which was pretty rough for me just because I didn't see any reason why I would be. I just trained this train harder than I ever trained. And I still couldn't explain exactly why it just turned out that way. But junior year, it's a mix of the training. I, we had a new coach and everything, but I think everything just started coming together. And I think it was indoor track 
So me and my coach actually had a, a bet. So she was making bets with the uh, women's sprinting team saying like, oh, if you can hit this, I'll get you free ice cream, just like something fun. And we, for some reason, her expectations for the guys were way higher in order to get us it. So she said mm-hmm. to beat the school record in the indoor 200, which was a 21-4. And in the indoor track, I would say, if you want to do a conversion, it's probably like 0.3. So it's like a 21-1. Twenty-one. Now, is that because the elements? Is that because just controlled area or the indoor two hundred meter is one lap? It's a two hundred meter track, and outdoor right. hundred meter, so it's half. Mm-hmm. And it's just the extra length on the straightaway, just mm-hmm. allow up a little more speed than mm-hmm. you would have to hit a second turn. Got it. On, but I ended up. It was twenty-one four four was the school record i ended up hitting 2141 which i think i'd been chipping it down by that point i'd already ran a 21.9 so i'd beaten my previous time so i was happy but i think it was like a 0.5 pr or something uh-huh. and that had a probably one of the best moments of my life because i had idea that i ran that after i finished and yeah, that I, I hit some good times after that. I hit, uh, there were some relays that we ran that we got third at New England's and a couple good achievements. And 400 meter, I ran a 48 flat. And I, I threw up a ton after that. So the memory is not as <laughs> happy. <laughs> but um, that was definitely wow. where I peaked, I think. And community wise too. My track team, just everyone worked together really well. I think everything kind of just lined up and mm-hmm. I think it was patience and just trusting. They always told us to trust the process mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it took two years to realize it, but they were right. And I think really that time to build it up is what allowed me to do that. It's awesome. 48 seconds. You said flat on the 400. Yeah. So you said, God, 21, uh, 21.4 on the T1. Yeah. That is that is pure pain cave right there, man. The 400, that is just, ugh. Ugh, that's, it, it's interesting. Like, um, you know, these events where they're like, you know, sub one minute maximal effort, like hundred meter is like, you know, you, you're go, like, you're, you're get tired, but it's not the 400 is like, it, it, yeah, the four, yeah. Four, 400 is like, oh, that's brutal. a grind. You, you can't technically sprint the whole way, mm-hmm. but it's still a sprint. So by the time you're finishing, you can't feel anything anymore past 100. But I don't think there's a 400, 400 meter hurdles. I guess you could throw in like the 500 indoor, Mm -hmm. uh, 800. That's another one. Mm -hmm. But the events are just grinds. So you feel pretty good if you do well. What was, uh, I'm curious, like what was, because I'm from a training perspective, you're training twice a twice a day any like workouts you remember that they had you do maybe like you know interval pieces or sprint repeats or whatever that you remember that you're just like oh my god that was the worst workout ever like anything off the top of your mind there's plenty um i think <laughs> we're trying to get more ideas man we're trying to build we're going to build this into our, our one of our workouts you're going to you know you can't skip it either <laughs> uh i think one of my least favorite had to have been it was actually 200s my favorite event 
but she made me hate it because we this was for indoor training we went to smith college which usually indoor tracks are banked so you run on a bank Mm -hmm. just because otherwise you'd be coming in too quick and you'd have to slow down it's pretty hard if you're tall too to hit the but we were running on a flat track and i think we had to run three only three 200s but we had to run a 24 second then Mm -hmm. a 23 second and then another 23 second with one minute rest between each and the point of the workout was it was a lactic acid workout yeah yeah i was just gonna say yeah yeah push ourselves that way but that was a notorious one because people were always throwing up after it that, that's like that's like 90 to 95 percent maximal effort with with yep. minute recovery is not enough like that is that's yeah it's funny because like you know you think it's cumulatively just a little over a minute of like actual work but the and like there's a you know more rest to the work ratio right but like oh man it's because I did not, I've done like nine, four hundred where we have certain rests in between and those are awful, but mm-hmm. something about the lactic when they just, they don't sound as bad, but one thing I've also noticed that distance runners will say is distance runners are like, oh, I could rep 24, 200s forever, but it's different totally. when that extra seconds different when you, as a sprinter, you can push your body a little more than a distance runner whereas a distance runner it's all about the consistency mm-hmm. but your body shuts down i think my heart rate in a 400 hits i think 210 was my peak heart rate in the 400 oh and it's wow. just when your body goes gets to that point you can't just shut down that's why i throw up right after your my body literally takes all the blood away from my stomach to put it everywhere else and then mm-hmm. when you stop your body realizes what's going on mm-hmm. and in particular some people don't throw up but it's all totally. so so um I'm, I'm curious uh i call it i call it the going dark um it there's i think it's rare um I mean, you might not think this because you're 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 in that like environment of athletes that are sprinters but i think it's rare like now, like I think after, like when you're not in like, you know, competitive athletics anymore that like, it's rare that people can push themselves to that, go to that, I call it go to the dark place where like things get fuzzy, um, which is not a comfortable feeling, but there's something about like, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think there's something about being able to get to that level of discomfort where the things that are hard don't seem as hard anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you think about that. No, I agree. Uh, I think, uh, you know, David Goggins, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, uh-huh. he, he's big on that kind of thing. And I, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm as extreme as him, but mm-hmm. there is something about, I think college athletics that helps a lot too, is it, teaches you how to push yourself to that point body and the mind especially can handle substantially more than you think it can like david goggins running 100 miles and then he's bleeding from every orifice and still running it's just unbroken feet 
it's crazy what you can do. And I think college athletics, it just allowed me to tap into that enough where I was able to push myself to a point where I'm going to be honest in most CrossFit workouts, I don't push, I push myself really hard, but I don't push myself quite to the point I would in a lactic acid workout, for example, just mm-hmm. because I kind of want to enjoy it a little more. And yeah. they're not very fun when you push yeah. yourself. Limit. I did it so I could be better, mm-hmm. but it did allow the thing. It basically pushed me to here. And that makes the things here not seem quite as bad. Like you were saying, uh, totally, totally. really push myself harder without it feeling like I'm dying. <laughs> totally. 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 Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, yeah. The, uh, there's something about like suffering. Um, you, you become more resilient, you know what I mean? And it's, it transfers over for sure. No, it's cool. No, it's, I didn't expect to talk about your, your track, um, and your experience for the entire community conversation, but I think is I think there's some cool lessons that you kind of shared kind of bringing out of this from the perspective of like a former division one athlete that I think, you know, you're, you know, you're in the community with, uh, you know, it's pretty diverse community from people that are in their twenties to people that are in their seventies. Right. And everything is relative at the same time, but you know, and, and intensity is relative too. You can still push yourself hard, right? You're not going to be able to push yourself to that limit like as you get older. But there's lessons to be learned in terms of you know investing that time into like doing things correctly and um you know avoid avoiding the ego lifting and building that base, things you talk about. So it's it's cool. There's a lot of you're very wise for a for a for a 24-year-old, Michael. I will, I will say. Um I wanna I wanna get into our uh two truths and a lie now. Um, this is the uh, the part of the community conversation where um, you get to try to stump me. I'm trying to remember my record. I think I'm like, <clears throat> since doing the two truths and a lie. All right, guys, we had a Zoom malfunction. It just went out for a, for a second, but we're back. Two truths and a lie. Um, so I, I was just, I think I was just saying my record is like two and six. So I'm not very good. I'm below, well below 500. So hopefully I can, Hopefully I can uh, get this done. So anyway, two truths and a lie. You're going to say two truths, one lie. I got to guess what the lie, the lie is. So it's on you, Michael. Let's hear him. All right. So these are the three things. I considered dropping out of college to do a trade job. Mm-hmm. I've been skydiving. Yep. And I actually want to be a physical trainer. All right. The skydiving one, I feel like has to be true. Um, you just, you can't, not, I know you're nodding a little bit. So I don't know if that's a tell or, or whatnot. Um, Either. Um, can't tell, you can't tell me though. Uh, I'm just like talking out loud. So I feel like skydiving is true. Dropping out for a trade job, be a physical trainer. I know you just told me that you're an actuary right now. Um, you seem to know a lot about fitness. So I feel like that could be potentially true. I feel like dropping out for the trade, I feel like dropping out for a trade job. It seems like too vague to be true. I feel like it'd be more specific. I'm going to say that was a lie. Drop out for a trade job. Skydiving was a lie. What the? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I would have been like, all right, this is adrenaline junkie. 
like division one athlete. There's no, he's hundred percent gone skydiving. See, that's why I suck at this game. And then I could also think, okay, uh, that would have been the easiest thing to pick as a lie. Anyway, okay. So anyway, let's, let's talk about these things. So skydiving, do you, do you want to go skydiving or are you like incredibly afraid of heights? I want to do it someday. My, my mm-hmm. mom actually did skydiving before. So uh-huh. I'm like, I'll, I'll do it. It'd probably be tandem, but uh-huh. I'd, she did solo. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't really? know if I can do that. Yeah. That so she cool. went through all the training and all that stuff? Yeah, it was a while ago too. I think, I don't know where she did it, but it was like three hours of training and they let you draw, jump out by yourself. You can't do that anymore. I was going to say that cannot be the same thing anymore. Nope. Holy crap. Wow, you can't even cool. do it by yourself the first time at all. I don't think. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I would, I, I don't think many people would even do that, do that risk anymore. But anyway, that's pretty cool that your mom did that. Um, all right. So tell me about this, the, the truth then, the dropping out for a trade job. Talk to me about that. What was it? Yeah. So I, I, I feared it could stump you because if you knew as an actuary, which is like pretty nerdy kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I, I've just always been really conflicted. I think I really love anything physical trades. I'd be a plumber or an electrician. Those are the two things I considered. And my dad has his own cleaning business and mm-hmm. kind of could do with that. Mm-hmm. I think in that and the stress school, I could think that I could put that focus towards somewhere else. And it's honestly the same thing with physical training. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. something I love and I like actuarial. Don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't have gone through all these awful tests if I wasn't interested in the topic but there's it's very stressful and there's definitely a lot of appeals because I love working out I love I've realized since I left college I love the mind muscle connection focusing on how to improve things and I think the biggest doubt would have been can I translate that into helping other people not just understanding my own body and mind muscle connection and that's the biggest at me in my actuarial field totally it's cool man money well money too (laughs) that's that's cool i mean yeah i can that's cool it's cool it's really cool i could i i I knew like the the lot the bottom one i'm like i could see that since you know a lot i'm like i could see you doing that the trade the trade job i think i was just like i don't i was just like in my head, I'm like, it seemed vague, but now that you narrowed it down like this or this, okay, now it makes more sense. I was like, I was like convinced that the skydiving was the, uh, that, that, yeah, anyway. So I was clearly not on the right page there. But anyway, Mayo, this is awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and getting on this community conversation. It was cool to learn about you, get to meet you and talk with you a little bit. And everyone that's listening right now, I get to hear your story and all that fun stuff for, um, for all those that are listening right now, I appreciate you tuning in to Community Conversation. Remember, every Monday this goes out. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's also on our YouTube page and blog as well. But uh, but until next time, and until next time we see you at the gym, Michael, appreciate you being on, man. All right, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You got it.